0: eat oatmeal oh my god i haven't changed
1: i haven't changed okay we gotta tell the oatmeal story can you do you want to tell the oatmeal oh my gosh yes you're listening to the heart picker podcast my name is lara and this is episode nine
0: okay if i remember correctly we were at UBC taking the media studies program and we're having like i'm sitting there being like what the heck did i enroll into like this program because you know like as an international student coming from the us over there you're paying i think for UBC it was for international studies it was about 30,000 per year yeah it's insane and like i'm <sighs> i'm working you know i i took out loans i took like funds and i'm thinking like what the what did i just pay into media studies great is this a degree i want to pay into this is a stephania solis
1: the only close friend i made during my years in university i know how sad is
0: that and like that was in the back of my head and i'm looking over and i'm just like oh looking at the people around
1: you all the young all the 19 year olds
0: (laughs) yes and as a 24 or 25 year old at the time I'm like I'm back in school okay and it's like that that weird divide between working life and then going back and studying and then seeing you know like people who are just in it that don't know anything else and they're just there to study and you're like I at your age I was I was partying and like doing other stuff you know like all these thoughts and then I was like all right no let's hold that down and I look over and I remember seeing you and like I don't know how you sat on the chair like it just okay do you want me to was, show like, you your, your legs up like, yeah dude, <laughs> exactly do it. like that exactly like that like your legs up pro- and you're just and like I think you were wearing your your hipster like glasses with your beanie I say beanie but toque canadian style yeah and i'm just like i think she's latin but i'm not gonna assume whatever and then like i think at at some point you like asked something and i was like yes (laughs) i hear the accent okay i'm not alone there's nobody else that i can speak spanish to hmm let's see and then as soon as we started to speak um was it, I think it was our age, and then also how we also got to Vancouver, because I know our story is a bit similar in in, in that regard, and it was just like, oh, click, okay, I've made a friend, there's a connection, like, I can, you know, I can at least grab onto something while I'm here in this foreign university, and of course, how can I forget every day in class, you would just so diligently pull out your little your little glass Tupperware of oatmeal and bananas, almond milk. And I'm just looking at you, I'm like, oh. Every single class. We had a lot in
1: common, a lot more than I had with the rest of the students. We were the only older students. We both spoke Spanish and we came from warm climate cities. And we both moved to the city for the same reason. We fell in love. We bonded over the fact that the both, both of us, first of all, we were both older than the rest. Yeah. I I couldn't relate. We both couldn't relate to any of our classmates that, and that was a shock. Like that really was hard for me going to school. And I think, yeah. And then you left me. So I was on my own, but that's a different story. (laughs) And then we we bonded (laughs) over the fact that we both had moved to Vancouver not not with like the main purpose of living with someone, but we were we both moved in with a loved one. Yes. In Vancouver. And we were it, it was like when you told me that story, I was like, Me too. And I also moved here from a different city. You moved from a different country. It was a little more intense, but still.
0: Well, I mean US, Canada. But I get it. Yeah.
1: I wanted to have her on the podcast because I thought her story was very inspiring. And I've learned so much from her throughout the years. We held each other's hands through our relationships, through the joys, through school, and through our breakups too. Stephanie and I hadn't talked since maybe two years or something. But she'll always be that friend who, no matter how long it's been, I don't think our friendship will ever change. I hope she agrees with us if she listens to it. This is her story. Her background, her childhood, how she zigzagged her way through different careers, until she finally chose the one that was right for her. We talk a bit about her relationship experience and where she's at now. Stephanie is one of the most resilient and one of the bravest girls I know. I admire her for being so independent and for never giving up on her dreams. I hope you enjoy.
0: So I was born in El Paso, Texas, if anybody has been there or has passed through there, because mostly people have passed through there, um, it is a border town, or border city. It's next to the Juarez Chihuahua border, and it's its own little microcosm. I think the special, the very unique and special part of of what makes El Paso Juárez, like even though they are two separate cities, within themselves they're kind of like their own little world where we can have those conversations in Spanish, or you're easily speaking in Spanish, you know, English and then switching up to Español a, a si no and then you go back to English because it's a little bit easier or there's certain vocabulary that you can't necessarily use in Spanish. Facility, that facility that fluidity to, to be able to, to move between both cultures um, that it is it's its own special place I can't I can't explain it like there's a level of warmth that exists over there that I still haven't that I still haven't um, been able to explain or, or make it tangible because people come with it's like a level of warmth openness and sincerity if you meet somebody and you ask for help they will genuinely take time out of their day or their schedule or routine, whatever it was to help you to be there. I think because I grew up with that in, in a, in a weird sense, like, like I consider myself loving big cities. I, I love, for the most part, like, I tend to love fast lives, big cities. as you know, like, organized, okay, let's do this, like, keep going, keep going, keep go- keep going. But at the end of the day, like, in my heart, like, I know that I'm a small town girl, if that makes sense. And so it's, it's kind of like a very weird divide. It's like, somehow, like, life has adjusted me into being able to adapt into a big city life, but at the same time, I still keep those core values within me, which I would have never... I would have never realized that if I had not moved. Because, right, like once you move and you lose something that's and you miss it, that's when you still re- start realizing like, oh, this was actually important. This actually formed a lot of my, my sense of self.
1: Estefania grew up in a very warm environment. But there was one event in her childhood that would probably impact her for the rest of her
0: life. (laughs) It's like a soap opera. One day, it'll, it'll become a book or something. Um, But essentially, I met my sister around age four or five, like somewhere around there. And I and then we didn't have a we didn't know we had a brother until like a year later, year or two later. So three children, and we're all 10 months apart. And it was just, it was like the int- the most interesting thing because, you know, when you're young, it's like, for me, it was like the more the merrier. They're like, you have a brother. Oh, amazing, cool. Like, now I get to share, like, you know, my, my life or like I get to, I have like a, a play buddy and I, like, <laughs> I was like five or six. So, so same dad, three different moms. You don't make sense of that stuff, right? And I think also um, I didn't meet my, my dad until I was around four if I'm correct I have to double check my mom like around there so it was just like one after the other like all this new new newness started to come into my life and I was just like yeah sure and why didn't you meet him until you were four uh just the situations between them I would have to ask my mom further with that but she, I, from what I understand she did not want him to meet me until yeah, until um, I guess I was that age and an opportunity came where, um, as she tells it, like we went to Mexico, I got to meet him, I gave him a hug, he cried. And, like, and I think because um, also out of the three of us, and this is something we've discussed, it's I, I look more like my dad. So if you were to meet my dad, like he's like blonde, blue eyes, would not, you know, like the typical, the stereotypical Mexican image that people usually have, like that's not my dad, Um, but he's like the most Mexican person, (laughs) like he doesn't even speak English, and I love him for that, because he'll say yes to everything, (laughs) I'm like dad, no, so I have to translate sometimes, Um, so I think, I don't know, I mean there, there's definitely a bomb there, and then through that, I just, I, for me, it was more of like, oh, I have siblings, and and a dad and a family, because when you're so little and so young, you know, um, I, I don't know, like I, I do remember seeing other kids like with their parents and being like, oh, is that my dad? And I would be like, nope, <laughs> come back. Like, oh, is that my dad? Nope, come back. And so like that, that's, that does mark, like that does uh, affect a child. Because, because that's what you often see in, in families, right? Like the mom, the dad. And of course, like now we're changing that. Um, but it, somehow it might have affected me, I guess, to, to, to the point where I was asking like that. So when I did meet my brother and my sister, it we was like, oh, so, so new. And now I have siblings and family and I can play because up to that point, I was an only child. So a lot of my time was spent like in my world, for the most part, and, you know, playing with my toys and this and that, but, like, how cool to share with somebody else. But then, of course, like, you get used to being an only child, and then when you're actually asked to share stuff, you're like, no, (laughs) this is mine. So that was another step of, like, oh, now what I considered mine and my personal space is shareable. I don't like that. And I remember that as a child being like, no, this is really hard the moms were never in the same space. So we had like visitation days, I guess, like I think it was like Tuesday, Thursday. And that's where it'd be like, oh, let's go to the movies. And then we, all three of us would join or, and it would be usually with my dad, like my dad would pick us up and stuff. I would say growing up, I was closer to my brother. And if my sister ever hears this, <laughs> maybe she will agree because you know she was she was the oldest and she was daddy's girl and then all of a sudden boom she gets this like this boy and this other girl and she's like what's this and I remember there was a sense of rivalry and tension were you both competing for your dad's attention not so much I think I mean, maybe there is a hierarchy here or something, but because I was the youngest, I was always kind of like in my own world. I didn't care. Um, I was like that that child. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I would just go and like bother her and you know, like father my brother. And I was like all over the place, like probably picking my nose and like climbing up stuff and whatever. And for her, because she had been the like the main you know attention first for a while there of of my dad and and her mom all of a sudden to add like these two people into the mix now it's like oh so who are you what are you about like it's that rivalry of like you're taking away now from the attention that i was getting and so what does this mean and i could see that coming out in the way that we would play sometimes or maybe she would um she would like push me away or like you know she would try to make that distance between us and i think it was i think i don't know again if she hears this i might hear from her <laughs> um but it was because maybe she was also trying to make sense of what was this now i have this younger sister and i don't have the full attention of my dad like i used to what does this mean so like sibling rivalry starts to come in right and so from there, I don't think her and I had a loving relationship, if I could say it in that way. And your moms never talked? No. None of your moms? No. And
1: um, is this a common situation that happens in, like, Mexican culture where, I mean, it's common here in Venezuela, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, even in, in adulthood, oh, my God, I have a brother or a sister somewhere. Yeah. And, um,
0: <laughs> So is this, do you, have like, you seen that a lot? Cue the soap like, opera. <laughs> how yeah. I have to tell you something. The double life. Yeah, the double life. <laughs> I have a wife. No, I also have a girlfriend. Wait, I have a lover. <laughs> and you're like, oh, how many, like, where does the line did, end? Do you think that affected
1: you? Do you think that, like, did that affect you in relationships and in your adulthood? How did
0: that affect you? That kind of, that dynamic in your, from your childhood, most definitely, of course. I mean, I would lie to say, oh no, I don't believe in that. But imagine, like, seeing your head—that, like, the somebody who's supposed to take care of you—and because as a child, like, those are your role models, right? Like, you you do learn through examples, and so seeing that, like, wow, this is tumultuous. Like, how is this possible? The older I got, and the more I started to become aware of these things and and be exposed to those dynamics. I was like, wow, this is really unhealthy. And unfortunately that I think for me, it did create that sense of, I need to like, I need to follow my instincts. And because one of two things, like I could see, um, when a father figure is not present in somebody's life, um, it could either be, oh, I'm trying to find like my dad in another relationship, you know, in and not my like my dad specifically, but like those qualities of a, of a, of what a dad would be. So like somebody who protects you, takes care of you uh, in that sense. So I can see that being translated. And for me, it was the total opposite of like, I don't want to rely on anyone. I don't want to rely on that. Like, I'm not going to put myself vulnerable to somebody who could potentially like that, like all of a sudden. Find out that they have like five wives, who knows where, or end up having other children and creating more like causing more more chaos because to, I think to a certain extent, I mean, we're all human right and and I, I always say that like they did the best that they could in the circumstances that were there i don't I don't have any regrets or remorse over that, and i i I think for me, it has been a it has been a, a, yeah, like a lifelong process of understanding that, going through my anger, going through, like, sadness, and then finally being like, okay, I get it. I understand. They did the best they could. But would you say it gave you trust issues? Um, to a certain extent. To a certain extent, it was like I was measuring not only myself, but others to that of, like, when will be the time that they're going to like, I'm just waiting for that time where they're gonna mess up and then I can drop them. And that was like my ammo from, for a long while. Um, But in that, I think it was because I was also protecting myself from all that chaos. Because when you're that little and you're growing up constantly between, I mean, you feel it, right? Even if somebody doesn't tell you, you feel it when two adults fight. And they're like, now they're moving you between this and that, and, and now you're, um, because in my, in my upbringing, I actually lived with most, I lived with a lot of my uh, my aunts and my uncles. So my living situation wasn't as stable. I'm not saying it was bad, it was just, it wasn't stable. Like when I talk to people who have lived in the same house for like 20 plus years, have had the same room, I've never changed it. And they talked to me and I'm just like, this is amazing. What do you mean? Like, I don't remember. Like, To me, that stuff is not permanent. It just, because I had to move so much, I learned not to hold on.
1: Why did you have to move so much?
0: Well, because I was with my mom and then at 11, when I was 11, I moved with my dad. But my dad, I think he tried in his best way that he could but his he knew his life was work it was work and it was to provide for his family so his sisters his mom his dad you know as the fortunately unfortunately as the inherent value in like Mexican culture I don't know how it is in Venezuela but in Mexican culture of if you're the oldest and you're a man you usually provide like if the dad dies or if the dad, like if they can't, you become the one that provides for everybody. And I could see that. I could see how the pressure, it was so much for him, but that's all he knew as well. And he still is like that. Like he'll have conversations with you. Like, what can I help you with? No, just, I don't, I don't want that. But it's, it's, it, it just became ingrained. And because of that, I think when I came into the, into the mix, um, I was, it was, it was something new for him. Like, Oh, uh, you know, like, first of all, he's a guy, I am a girl. And like, I remember having conversations with him where I'm like, so I have cramps. And, and he's like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) just here, Take some money. Go, uh, whatever you need, go, go over there. Uh, you should talk to your aunt because he couldn't relate. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. Was there a reason why your mom, uh,
1: like, th- why didn't she stay with you when you were 11?
0: Well, I mean, she's a single working mom at the time. She couldn't provide probably what my dad could provide. And so that, I think that decision as heartfelt and hard as it was. It was for me in order to have a, a better education and have uh, probably exposure to uh, a family with my my cousins, because we're all somehow around the same age. Like we're maybe two to three years apart at the most. So I know that that probably was something in her mind of, okay, I need you. Like, I would rather you be comfortable and have a good education and all of that. But that meant that I had to live or that my dad was in charge of me or like my guardian. But he had never like lived with a a child like he saw us you know Tuesday to Thursday or whatever or when I went and visited when I was on vacation for a week or two but that that was never you know once it becomes every day so from there I lived with uh with my aunts with his sisters so I, I moved a lot between them and literally it was like from one day to the next I remember having my backpack and like A bag with a change of clothes and be like all right I'm here now in two days I'm gonna be over there over here over here and you were you were okay with that you were never like fuck I just want one place no actually I think for for me now it's hard to be in one place it's really hard Um,
1: but at the same time I think you look for a lot of stability and like
0: yes and I
1: schedule life
0: and I think that's what it's like <laughs> it's what
1: I think of when I think about you. every time I try to talk to you it's like eh, in two weeks at this time this and I'm like whoa what the fuck we're just gonna catch up like you don't you don't have time Sunday or Saturday no no <laughs> so do, do you think that's why I think you're pretty not about it I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put it out there Yo siempre lo digo en español. Mierda, si es nazi con lo Oh, it drives me nuts. Oh, it's out of my chest. It's out of my chest.
0: I know, I know. I know and, I, and for me, it's like, Laura, don't send me things last minute. I can't.
1: I know, I know. So, yeah, do you think that's why? Because on one hand, you can adapt really easily to different environments. Yeah. But on the other hand, you look for that stability I think, right? That you didn't have Yes. As a child.
0: I will agree with that. <laughs> I just flashback back to uh, well, maybe we'll get into this like when we were living together.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be a, that that's coming. that's coming. So yeah. Um but first I want to I want to go on ha- uh your process in Vegas. You went to Vegas and you wanted to become an actress. Mhm. So why did you want to become an actress? Like, how did that happen? And and why Vegas?
0: (laughs) Okay, so I'll I'll answer as best as I can. So the first question, um, I always loved performing. Always, always. Like, I mean, there's even somewhere, somewhere in, like, our videos or archives, there's a video of me in one of my birthdays and I'm like giving this, I'm like five, and I'm giving this speech with my cake, and I'm like, thank you, señores, si sí, señoras, gracias, por venir. And I'm just like, oh. I was, like I said, I was that child when I was five, where I like, I just took it upon myself, where if I liked something, I was like, ooh, I want to imitate that, and then I would, I was on a roll, uh, comedians, uh, public speakers, whatever I saw on my, um, on TV and i remember that although although uh, like life was a little bit tumultuous growing up i i really enjoyed making people laugh and i it was like i just turned on and i just kept going going and going and i, I i've never lost that like i think even to, to now like always try to find the humor in things <laughs> um performance wise i mean i don't know that's i'm still gauging that but since i was young i was always like in this like organizing even with my family for because uh, you know like over there for for christmas we celebrate on the 24th and i was like a week before or like two weeks before i be like all right like i'm gonna be the organizer what we should like put up a, a choreography for a dance because we're going to show that to our to our family and who wants to sing and it was always like i was on on with like performance, theater, whatever. So I just knew that I, that made me come alive and I I felt that spark. So anyway, uh, life gets in the way. I am studying, like even in school, I was in in arts and and whatever. But of course, you know, um, my dad was like, well, you're never gonna make a living. I was like, great, thanks dad. (laughs) Like that's, you know, you should pick a, a stable career. Like you should be a doctor. Or you should be a lawyer, or go into what was it business administration? Okay, sure. And it was just kind of like, like to a certain extent, I think my family entertained that as like, oh, okay, this is like a cute little hobby or side thing that she's doing, and eventually she'll grow up. But that passion never went away. Flashword. I'm in Vegas, um, amongst many jobs that I that, that I had here. Um, I stumble upon an acting class, and that spark kind of came, kind of like came back. I like this. I, I feel good, and I know where this is going. So I wanted I want to try this a little bit more. But you know, working as far as having a day job, and then pursuing something that's so like the nature of acting is kind of up and down. Like you can't really, it's not a stable, which I think that's what drew me to it where I was like, Oh yeah, I know this. I know how to go from point A to B and then come back and all of that. So in that, I think it was like two years, I slowly started phasing out my, my day job, which was sales at the time. And then I started getting more into like acting classes and like commercial work and, um, and I had some things here and there. And then eventually, like, my own drive was like, great, I've explored everything that I wanted to explore here. What's next? Because that was like the hunger in me, right? Like, okay, what else can I do? I'm kind of like, I'm good in this territory, but I, I don't feel gross. And then uh, the idea of LA started to come through. It's like, okay, so the next step, obviously, as I hear, you know, that you're in the, in the, uh, industry and you hear that that's the next step that's where you want to like make it quote unquote and I slowly started making some connections and moves to to eventually phase into LA but somehow I wasn't even with it within everything that I was doing um it's not sustainable it's um and I I don't know now because I'm not in, in the industry um I know people who are in it and I hear similar things like the echoes but it's not a sustainable industry in the way that it operates and the way I was coming to it was because I purely loved the art form but when you mix the business into it that's where it got like everything went down for me of oh I remember like working 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 so much like three four days and then just crashing and like and when I mean crashing like sleeping not like like nothing for like one or two days and then coming back up again and going 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 and my health was my gosh i can't i mean i have a lot of energy naturally but my health was not at all where it needed to be um so if i mean naturally i have anxiety that only kicked it up even more because my sleeping schedule was so off balance um food sometimes I ate sometimes I didn't because you're rushing from one thing to the next to the next to the next and then within that in one of like my gigs that I was like doing in order to to pay for my classes um I end up meeting the person that I moved to Canada with the the loved ones we were talking about and it was just like now I have these two decisions and My head's telling me to go somewhere else, but my heart's telling me to go somewhere else too. And how do I gauge that? And of course, the heart won (laughs) in this and then came to Canada and then eventually I met you within the year.
1: When I met Estefania, I was going through a lot of hardship in my living situation with my boyfriend at the time. When you choose to live together at such a young age, things can get pretty difficult. Stefania was the only friend who I turned to during my fights and the one who could relate to everything I was going through and could give me some solid advice because she was going through it too. I want to talk about that, about what it's like to live with someone at a young age, someone you fell in love with and someone you, you, you made that decision quickly with because it was quick. Yeah. And who you hadn't you hadn't. It's not like you went out for a for a year living in the same place. Let's not include names, but um, <laughs> just like me, we both had a like a long distance relationship before we decided to move in with them. So it's not like we got to know them um, yeah. on a day to day basis. I mean, we were in a honeymoon.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was like so
1: that's what I want to talk about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you can do long distance as much as you want, but at the end of the day, you're still putting your best foot forward, right? In both play, in like in both cases, and and that's what I found. It was like, oh, this, but like the heart and these feelings, and I've never felt this before. And there's a good connection. And what does this mean? But my head's telling me like, hey, hey, you know, you're already made, building a bridge somehow into what you wanted to do. But how are you feeling? and obviously the feeling went there um and yeah uh, after a long distance like I remember like so much went into it because I remember I was talking and then we're like do you think we can make this possible okay and then I I remember just like if I wasn't working then I was making time to to speak with him and then I was like researching how to apply for like these permits how to like what does it mean to to immigrate to Canada? All these all these things, and oh my gosh! And it was a good like six months of me just going back and forth, back and forth, meanwhile, we're talking, and then I'm trying to I'm trying to like close off what I had here in Vegas and making sense of that, and yeah, I think it just I yeah, you follow your heart at that point. Do you look back and think that
1: was a stupid decision, or do you think
0: <laughs> sometimes you think I do? Good- <laughs> the organizer, yeah. the critic in me is like, uh, "If only you would have known." But how could we, right? We only, like I said, you don't, you won't know. You can plan so much, but at the end of the day, you won't know how you're going to act in a certain situation until you're actually put into it. It was all discovery. It was, I think, for for me, it was it was freshness and sense of discovery of. Okay, now we're here. Now I have the permit. What does that mean? Okay, now I have to, and it was just going from like one milestone to the next, versus saying, okay, I have this goal and I'm going to do this in a very planned way. You can't, you can't with those things. And I, I, I learned that I had to adapt to that. And then, on top of that, moving in with somebody, um, which we, you know, we come from a different culture, we come from different backgrounds, different countries as well. Um, what does it mean? Like one thing is doing long distance or seeing yourself through video, but to actually live with somebody. And like you said, get to know their daily routines. You learn a lot about them. And most importantly, you learn a lot about yourself, what you're willing to put up with and what you're not. And I think that was, it was, there was times that it was infuriating because yes, I do. I am very, <laughs> I do have specific like, boundaries when it comes to (laughs) how I I like my space. Um, But it was also very fun to understand, like, oh, now we're here and now we can blend this and we can come together and create something new. And it it was going through all those things and similarly, like, getting to know not only them but their family, um, being able to... I think one of the biggest gifts that I got from that was being able to witness how another family um, came in and supported each other that makes sense um, so and I, I don't that I don't regret I it was amazing to get to meet a lot of their family members to meet uh, to get to know them in a, in a different level as well uh, I, I met some some friends uh, through him and I don't regret any of that for sure none of that um but yeah like coming coming into somebody else's life because that's what it was at the end of the day it wasn't like we were coming together at the same level to create a life together it was I was coming in to somebody else's life and then assessing oh wait wait a minute I'm potentially alone here in that sense like first of all like what I'm used to, like weather-wise, what we were talking about, like weather-wise, uh, your food. Like I remember changing my diet. I remember changing, like, so many things, uh, physically, like, both physically because of the weather. I wasn't used to that, and now I'm like trying to make sense of also culturally, like, how do people relate here? How do they interact? And I felt like such an alien being there, because as much as I tried, nothing was sticking. And I think once that feedback came back, I was like, oh, and that's where I, I kind of like fell. And I was like, oh, I don't feel supported here or not that I don't feel supported, but I, I don't feel like my authentic, genuine self can actually thrive here. And that, that's hard.
1: It's like you were trying to, yeah, because you were trying to adapt to a different identity, Correct. a different culture and you know, rather than being Correct. yourself
0: within because that. Because when I tried, like, as we know, um, if I may share, you know, when you get shushed on the bus because you're speaking too loudly, <laughs> and then you realize, oh, yeah, okay, that's not, that's no longer accepted here. And then slowly, whether I want to, like, whether people want to admit it or not, like, those things do affect because all of a sudden it's like oh this is who I am this is how I'm coming through now I can't be accepted and now like the shrinking starts to happen oh now this is no longer accepted oh okay now this now that and it goes down and I mean I, it was very dysregulating very dysregulating but it's like what we were talking about. I mean, side note, I don't know if you want to add this into your interview, but when we were back in Vancouver, it was like, yeah, Vancouver is great. It's amazing. There's so much resource and possibility here, yet everybody's freaking unhappy and like the sun doesn't come out and being some, you know, like being from a, a place where it's always warm where it's always like, it's so different.
1: What is Stephania mentioned here is exactly what I was feeling in my years in Vancouver as well. On one hand, I love that city and everything about it. And I was so proud of the life I was living there and the love nest I had built next to my partner. But on the other hand, the culture and overall social environment of the city really started to kill my spirit. Up next, you'll be hearing me and Estefania have our girl talk about our experience with relationships living together, sex, and overall making shit work when you're young and in love. What were your your lessons from that, like, love-wise? Do you think love is enough?
0: (laughs) If you would have asked me this before, I would have said, yeah, love is enough love will you know will take everything down and you can always thrive and love is the answer i think now i can say yes love is the answer go with that feeling go with what your heart is saying not knowing you know what i mean like
1: it's a separate person
0: let's say because if you know (laughs) the future you'd you'd be like no no but you You know um, but even then i would still say i wouldn't i wouldn't regret and say no to what what I experienced what I look back on and I learned is that love that was there was so strong I mean it was deep it was very deep as you know like to the point where I was looking to change or to to go into a a new religion and like mixing a culture which like at the end of the day I want to think that cultures don't Um, influence our behaviors but they do and at least if having that awareness or that knowledge how does like my culture where I come from how does that translate into like the behaviors that I that I have or that I'm carrying with me if I would have known that perhaps perhaps I don't know that that love could have been more sustainable so when I say is like how could have been how could it have been more sustainable is we like to see all those movies and oh, okay. You know, at the end of it, they're very happy. They end up together and all that. Well, you don't see the rest of that. Because as you mentioned, yeah, it was the honeymoon phase, but love could be the initial like proponent that, that moves that relationship. But after that comes like, okay, let's compromise dedication, um, com- commitment to that sense of like commitment of, and do I still believe in us? Do I still believe in this? Because if I do, I am willing to compromise. Because if you're going just off of a feeling, that's great. But at the end of the day, we're living in this reality, in this society. And to be able to bring those, that union together, there has to be a level of commitment and, um, yeah, like that, that commitment and that understanding to say, okay, how can we make this sustainable? We still want to be here. Do we? Yes, no, do you assess that? Once you do it, well, how do we make this work? And I think that's- And I think
1: you guys made that work for a while because I would come to class with like, uh, you know, um, bags under my eyes from fighting all night. And I'd be like crying and telling you, like, what do I do? And you'd give me really solid advice on things that you would do in your relationship. And like, what do you do when you're upset? And what do you do in a fight?
0: Right. Yeah. Like I said, it's, I think we, we honestly did try. We tried our best, but at the end of the day, that's what I learned. It's like what external factors, external sources, and people are influencing that. Right. Because at the end of the day, sometimes
1: you don't know, right. Sometimes they just come.
0: Exactly. Like You can't prepare. Exactly. But it was learning that of like, even though we both want to be together and there's that connection, it's very intense and very passionate and there was a lot of love there. Am I like, I, I stepped away from that, like walking away and thinking, like, how do I fit into your world and how do you fit into mine? Because we can love each other and have the most sincere feeling for each other. But if I don't make sense in your world and you don't make sense in mine, this is never going to be sustainable. And slowly, I think that's what we started to realize. Even though we, like, I, I, I could clearly feel and see it that we were really trying, really trying to make sense of everything. It was like, no, you, like, I somehow still don't fit into your world. And I don't know if I ever will. I don't know. And the same thing for me. It was like, well... I'm doing all these things and I, I still want so many things for myself. Like, as you know, like for me, my studies, my education, like I still want a career, all these things. And I do want to settle down, but not in the same way as you do. And once you come into that realization, that's what I meant. It's like, you can have all that love, all that feeling, but that's like putting, uh, what, like putting your foot on the gas pedal. So yeah, that's going to take you as far as you want, but that can also lead you to crash. So can you make that sustainable where you're just revving a little bit and, you know, you keep going nicely and you can keep that steady? Not saying that you're not going to have ups and downs, but if you're able to maintain that level of of commitment and and truly like accountability between each other, when you do encounter those ups and downs, that's when you can say, all right, we have like we have training, we have work, we've done it. How do we get from out of here or how do we bring each other back into you know into balance or into harmony and i think that was my that was my lesson of wow like i experienced something i don't know a lot of people experience in their life and that's why i don't regret any of it um but at the same time it's like what did i learn for next time what what I learned from this.
1: What did? What did? So that's what you learned for next time is, is a sustainable. Well, could this be sustainable for me? Exactly. Is, yeah. And sustainable in what sense? What does it mean to have? What does that mean in a relationship? Well, like what is this, What is the thing you have to sustain? Your mental health,
0: your well being. What is it? Uh. Well, that yeah, that would come under personal for each other. Like yes, of course, mental health, well being. But it's essentially, like I I mentioned, uh, looking at your values, looking at what you're willing to compromise and not compromise, those boundaries, and seeing, like, do you truly see this person and say, okay, I'm willing to commit, I'm willing to shift my world, are you willing to do that? And not saying that it's not going to change, but, like, in that moment, can we carry each other together because maybe there will be moments where I don't know your struggle or I don't know what you're going through but can I be there for that person without changing anything without and just being there and same thing like can the person be there for me without changing anything and just accepting me as I am in that moment and then you can get those things going you know like it's it sounds (laughs) way more boring than (laughs) than all the all the things you see in the movies and oh you know that the girl meets guy guy meets girl whatever oh they there was a look and they liked each other and now he's like putting his life on the line to go rescue her like amazing amazing for a story
1: that's not love but that's not sustainable love is a lot more boring than what they have put it for us. And that's why when we get bored with someone, because eventually it'll happen. I'm I'm talking like this because my microphone has fallen. Okay. So I, I don't want to just, anyway. Um, yeah, when we get bored and when it stops being like exciting and now it's like work and we have to negotiate and we have to do a lot of talking, communication, nice. blah, 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 And the sex drive goes down, like eventually. It's not as yeah. passionate anymore. Then we're like, oh my God, I'm not in love with it anymore. I'm not in love with this person anymore. Exactly. And we're like searching for the next. Or we see someone, we feel that thing again, and we're like, that's it. I'm going to leave this for that person. I think that's something that, that is a great point. I had never, you said it perfectly. Love is boring, Love is boring.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I never considered that.
0: Like, yeah, like you mentioned, because you will have that, like, yeah, sex drive goes down. What do you do now? Like, so it's so, and especially now in our in our culture, it's like instant gratification, right? you want instant gratification. Oh, this person, this thing, this product, this experience, this whatever is not fulfilling my expectations. Boom. I can just drop it. What's the more more there's a lot
1: of choice everywhere?
0: Exactly. And when I
1: open an app, a dating app, and there's like a hundred possibilities, how is that not exciting?
0: You know? Exactly. So that's the that's the question. It's like, well, you can keep riding that wave and it's gonna be really nice, but at the end of the day, you're not gonna get to the level of depth that you probably would ever get to if you were to cross that, like once you cross that level of excitement, and then really go into like the you know, like the juicy, the juicy hard work of being like, "Oh wow!" And now we're here, and this is boring. Or hey, I, my sex drive is not up today. Or oh, something's. And then working that oh, out a thing
1: for you. Can we talk <laughs> about that? How like I remember how that was a big thing um, in your relationship, where you'd be like, "I am busy. I am tired. I do not feel like having sex," and my partner is not happy about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, okay, A, yes, I will say that there was some pressure there. There was pressure. It, and you know why? Then I'm going to co- bring it back to myself because this is something that women are not taught naturally through education is what? Knowing yourself, knowing your body. What happens, as we mentioned, you're going to a new country where there's, like, zero sun for the most part. My, like, my energy was low because of that. My health was declining. A, I had so much stress and anxiety from trying to survive with a permit that only allows you to work 20 hours a week at the most in a city that's coined as one of the most expensive cities. So there was a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety, but I never clued into that. And I don't think he did as well. So we never had that conversation. So yes, at the end of the day, trying to juggle, like, I think I had like two jobs, because one, I was kind of on call, and maybe they were going to give me hours, maybe not. The other one, could only give me hours for like, I think one or two days a week. On top of that, I was like juggling a full time program and then trying to live with somebody new and make a life together. Like crazy, right? And then you would say, Well, why would you ever do that, Estefania? Why? Are you kidding me? Like that, I am like, and even then, like I am not probably going through as much as like many people who have way like heavier things to to hold on their plate and they still manage somehow but at the end of the day yes when you don't know yourself and you're just on survival mode and overdrive there is no time like you said to have me time there is no time so you don't you don't get to know yourself you don't get to know your body your health your physique what what drives you what you like so yeah at the end of the day when somebody's like hey you know are are we going to do this tonight and you're like no no, I just battled, like, to you it might be very regular weather, but for me, like, in my body, it feels like I'm coming back from the, you know.
1: I'm not feeling sexy. From the North Pole.
0: <laughs> Especially because, yeah. you know, at UBC, like, the temperature drops. I don't know how many, how many degrees. So, like, I feel like I'm coming back from the North Pole. I'm trying to survive. I'm thinking about how I'm going to make money. I'm thinking about how I'm going to pass this course. I'm thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> and now I have to like it feels like I have to provide a service for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so no. Exactly. But what happened is I didn't know my myself enough to say those things because I wasn't comfortable with that. And we were I was 24, 25 and unfortunately yeah I was I was very young and inexperienced with those things. And I mean we were learning as much as we could with the resources that we had. But is sex a big factor? Yes, and then you'll find, like you said, like love is boring. Sometimes you do get to the point where you're like, right, "We're gonna have to compromise on this."
1: We have sex Fridays, Saturdays, maybe a Thursday if you have dinner for me by the time I get home. <laughs> you know, like, and that is so not sexy to right? plan. <laughs> right? It it kind of like it 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 is what it is. You have to kind of plan and like. Put work into it, unfortunately, right. and that—that's the thing. When we're young, we're we're like self-conscious about that. Oh, that's not very sexy to have this conversation. That other person has to have the maturity and to to have that conversation too, because that person may be like, "What the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't want to have sex anymore. That's it. You turned me off." Right. But it's it's the whole being young thing, like living together at a young age. Although I will never regret it, is wow it's tough but i learned i think we both learned a lot of things that if we were to make that decision again now whoa we have a good i think we have a lot of a lot in our toolkit from that experience yeah Um, like we won't be repeating those mistakes (laughs) again like i've been here
0: never say never um,
1: (laughs) oh god I, i hope not jesus um yeah do you think it'll be hard for you to live with someone again, or if you are you open to that, and you don't think you'll have a problem if you know some if you know someone and feel, you know what I mean? Like, did yeah. you feel um, tra- trauma oh, from that? experience?
0: I mean, was there trauma? I think there certainly was. I definitely came out of that. Um, it took me a while. It took me like another two years, probably, to fully like be in myself. Um, but again, that I think that's because also I was in a country where I didn't feel the support I did. I couldn't, whereas like my former partner at the time could turn to their family right there and be like, Hey, right next to them say, Hey, I'm going through this, blah, blah, blah. Mine was like, Hey, Oh no, you're in another country. Hey, you're in another two countries. And still, still, I did have support from people. I mean, I had support from you. I had some support from other girlfriends at the time who were there to remind me like hey wake up reminder you're gonna be okay reminder you know this is not the end of the world and those things are important like having a support uh system
1: outside of your relationship most That's definitely so
0: important. that is a big learning lesson like as yeah. much as you and want we, to, we
1: both might have done that mm-hmm. our support was like mostly that one person and that is the worst Let's talk about your career. And like, I think you had a very zigzaggy road to, you know, (laughs) what your career is now. And yeah, let's talk a bit about that. Like from acting to therapy, right? (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to talk about Estefania's career because I think a lot of us freak out when we don't know what we want to do, or we've switched career paths too much, or we can get even we can get scared about switching career paths because we think it's too late or we're too old. One thing I admired about her is how fearless she was about switching careers, exploring different jobs. She never gave any thought to how old she was or whether she was too late or too old. Life is not a linear road when it comes to your career nowadays. And I thought her experience could be a value for those who feel Lost or confused, or have no idea what they want to do
0: professionally yet. I mean, it's interesting. I like as we met each other. I was in media studies, thinking like, okay, I like communications. I like the spoken word. I like audio, um, and I was able to explore all of that in Vancouver, and then through it, I think because of the the person i was with at the time i was exposed to this program and even though it didn't resonate resonates with them at the time for me i was like oh my goodness like, this is this is like right on cue of like what i what i've been wanting my whole life i've always liked psychology i've always liked that um that part of me and art was something that like i would consider the things that I do or like how I live my life, I would consider are creative. But I wouldn't say like, okay, I'm an artist where I set up shop and I do like little crafts and uh, manualidades, I don't know how you say that in English, but like, I wouldn't consider myself an artist in that way. But I like I mentioned, I always liked performance. I liked acting. I liked the, the I don't know, It just, there's a spark there. And then all of a sudden I get exposed to this program Everything was ending. Like, basically, I said my life shit now. I, I was trying to build something here. It's not going to work out. And then, boom, I get exposed to this program. I applied at the time because at the time I was still with my partner. So I was like, OK, we can, I can make this work somehow. And I thought, well, what I'm studying in UBC is not at all aligned with me. Like I learned, you know, like once you're paying like $30,000 a year to learn how to use Snapchat, yeah, a lot came to my head of like, okay, is, is this a good investment? Is this where I want my, my level of learning and education to go to? And then this program comes along, I apply. But how
1: did, how did those programs come along? Were you looking for them? (laughs) Were you Googling? Were you talking to people? How did you bump into these, or how did you get exposure to these programs?
0: Uh, I w- well, I was always looking for because I, I wasn't fully satisfied with the, the program at UBC, so I was looking always, and then financially too. It's like this is a lot to sustain for four years as an international student, like mm. which I mean that's another conversation about Canada and its immigration policies for international students and what they make them pay, but whatever um so yeah I was always looking for programs and then at the time my partner was like hey I I looked at this info session thing it looks interesting would you come with me and I was like no that's totally your thing like I don't want that's your thing we can have dinner afterwards if you want I think something like that and then he he might have said I it was something like Well, if you if you go with me, like I'll like I'll get dinner afterwards, and like we can eat together. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, let's do it. So we end up going together, and I accompany him. And as they were like giving the the two people that run the program, they were giving the info session. Like my eyes just got bigger, and I could just feel it in my body. Where I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. You get to not only help and provide support for people, but you do it through the arts and just combining that, it was like, <gasps> okay, like a breath of fresh air. And I could feel like myself expanding, just taking in everything that they were saying. Um, and then they, they gave out the information, blah, blah, blah. We walked out of there and then we had the conversation and my partner at the time was like, oh, I don't think this is for me because they were already, they're already pretty much set on their career. And I kind of explained to them, like, oh, it sounds really interesting. And I asked them, like, would you be okay if I reach out to them and I apply because I really liked it? And it was kind of like, a, oh, I don't, you know, this is, uh... there was a hesitation. I was like, okay, but it was still in the back of my mind. Like, this looks really interesting. And then Why I asked them again. would that hesitation? Like, um, as a program, you know? Yeah, but I learned that, and maybe, I don't know, If you want to put this in your, or I don't know how you could, I always felt a sense of competition in our relationship. And that's another thing that I learned is I never want to be in competition with my partner. I'm competitive outside of that. And when I mean competitive, like I'm competitive with myself, with what I want to do, with my goals, uh, with things that I want to do in my life but I never want to go against my partner it's actually quite the opposite I want them to to succeed and if I can support and nurture that and they're out like you know and you were in different you were in different
1: um career paths like it's understandable I I think it's understandable when it happens in two singers two painters two writers but but you were in two totally different career paths. Yeah. So it's weird that he would feel that competition, or that, yeah, that there was that competition between you.
0: It was it that you felt that. It was like, it was definitely, okay, maybe competition is not the right word, but like that creative tension. When you get two creative people living under the same roof, and I don't know, I mean, maybe you can talk more to this because of of your uh, relationship as well. And you see that your create your other partner is doing really well in artistic and creative projects. And you want to go in there, there tends to be a tension. And I definitely felt that where I was like, oh, like I was, you know, when I set my mind to something, I not that I make it happen. It just happens sometimes, but that's because I put, like you said, I'm organized. I put the discipline. I really do put in my heart, my like everything into it. So it happens. And for me, I, when I see something, I don't get scared or pushed down. It's kind of like, okay, I like that. What do I need to do in order to make that work? That's what I ask myself. And with him, I definitely noticed that tension when you have two creative people, two artistic, uh, creative, let's say creative, coming together. You need a lot of space to roam and explore. And once one starts to succeed or starts to have more accolades in that sense there could be a sense of like like the, the creative ego coming in of like oh well you're not gonna do well what does that mean none of that and I get it it's happened to me as well where like when you see somebody succeeding like oh why you know why is it does it look so easy for them and not for me or you could get into that but I essentially learned like I don't want to have that with my partner never it's okay if it's happening outside in the world and I get it but inside my home. I, uh-uh. I want there to be support. And if I have a doubt, like if I have a doubt of myself, even when you say like, Hey, 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 honey, what do you think? Like, should I do uh, yellow here or green or like just going off of that? And they can't support that because I'm coming in with a level of vulnerability asking you, Hey, this is something very vulnerable for me it's a creative thing I'm still processing and I'm going to you as a sign of support and you throw that back as oh well you're never going to do well or well I think it
1: it definitely is just the ego of like his own that person's own insecurities not feeling enough you know what I mean correct Not feeling like they're doing what they want to be doing or not. Yeah. Like there's a void there. And if they see you fill that void in your own life, then they feel like a failure and they kind of want you to be at their same level. So back to the career stuff.
0: So that happened. So that tension was there, but something in my heart was still like, no, like I believe in this, I believe in this and okay. And then I got all my paperwork together. I did that. And then as soon as like I put in my application, it's like everything else fell through so that's it was like the beginning of the end and it slowly started going there at that point I hadn't even like thought for a second that I was going to get into this program because I was so preoccupied trying to manage and handle what was happening with my relationship obviously it didn't work out as you know (laughs) I packed up my stuff and I lovingly and thank you dearly lived with you <laughs> that was fun to oh, a couple and a
1: and a girl living in the living room and a
0: dog oh, and,
1: and a dog who just came to say hi but i didn't want to interrupt oh, the to conversation say. i wanted to show you yeah por ahí lo llamo. but it, what i want to say is how interesting it is i think because didn't you study odontología too
0: yeah dental in
1: mexico dental there you go yeah. so you didn't mention that I, I wanted to like know that. That's <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to comment on that because so many people have a harder and harder time finding their career path and the yeah. career that they want, and it's no longer a a straight line anymore.
0: Never. Which is
1: one of the things I wanted to talk about here with you because you are a great example of you freaking studied dentistry. I guess for how long? Six months, maybe. It was no. It was two years. Two years, holy shit. Okay, so two years. Then yeah. you went into acting. Yeah. Then you went into media studies. Yeah. Which yeah, you did and and you're good at production. You have a lot of good skills. You you also did podcasts. Yeah. You're good with podcasts. That's something you really liked. And then you found therapeutic, the you know, therapy and arts. How, how would you say that? Expressive arts, arts therapy. Expressive arts therapy. Mm. I always forget, but um, and now you're full Full in depth with that plus psychology and you want to be a therapist. Yes? That's your goal? Uh
0: that's what I'm aiming for, like the therapy facilitating. Um, I'm currently bringing in, so I'm also doing coaching. Okay. So coaching and yeah. expressive arts therapy facilitation. Great. But, yeah. And
1: you're starting that now?
0: Uh no, I'm and- finishing, so I'm actually about to finish and I'm doing a um in uh, almost done with that program where I will be doing a test 90 day program, tech, tech, mm-hmm. um, about health coach, health coaching. And then for me, of course, I would bring in um, my my studies for expressive arts. OK, so that would okay. be coming. So in. So
1: that's that. But see, that's insane. It's it, again, I call it a zigzag, like from dental ten- to, to acting to media studies. And now that, and, and you still have, and then podcasting, you still have, like, you have a lot of skills and that doesn't mean that you have to go into one line and you can still do acting if you wanted to, or you could still do podcast. Podcasting goes very well with your coaching practice, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. But that's something I wanted to put out there. Just do what you like and you got to trust that and follow that. Like even don't think about the money thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, I'm doing this podcast for free, but I just, I love it. (laughs) Like I want to have these conversations out there. I want to tell people's stories and I'm not worried. I found a way to make money. It's not a lot of money, but, and I keep wanting to stress that for people because I got so frustrated myself in finding that right career path. And you can be so unhappy. And I'm trying to prevent that unhappiness from people, you know, like (laughs) listen to this and just do your, if you like playing guitar all day, fucking play guitar, get into a band. Maybe you won't end up being a famous musician, but maybe you'll find something else along the way. Just like you did. Exactly. You wouldn't have found expressive arts therapy if it weren't for following your heart. And going to Canada. True. Um for because you fell in love and you wanted to like start this life together with someone. Imagine that. Very true. You would have been in Los Angeles, maybe pissed off and frustrated and unhappy.
0: <laughs> and the yes.
1: drugs or something. Not joking. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: it's so yeah. So yeah, to to uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um if I could go back and talk to my 18 year old self because I hate that question. When people are like, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? What do you see yourself doing in 10 years from now? I don't know. I'm 18. I like experience. That's, that's what I would say. If anything, if you could take anything from my resume (laughs) and my work history is most of the stuff that I, that I've done and that I've, that that it has given me it hasn't given me titles it's giving me experience and because of that I'm able to right now hone in and say okay yes to this no to that yes to this and the more you experience life the more you're going to be able to hone in and focus to have a clear pathway but in that like you said if you're playing guitar and you enjoy it who knows what that connection or that channel may open up to other people, other places, maybe you get to travel, maybe you get to see the world. Uh, Maybe you get to find out something about yourself that you like, or that you don't like, or that you want to change. That's going to take you to even more places than if you just sit down and say, this is what I want to do. And this is it.
1: Or if you freeze, because you're confused, you don't know, and you freeze and you freeze because you're like, why would I play guitar all day? That's not gonna make me money. That's like, right. like what a loser.
0: Right. Like,
1: so, so many people block themselves because we've been taught yeah. by our parents who came from a different time exactly to look for a job, look for a job that gives you money. So then we see everything else as a waste of time. And then exactly. ni chicha, ni limonada. So we don't end up doing one thing or the other. Yeah. And and, and se quedó como el perro de las yeah. dos tortas. ni con
0: una ni con yeah. la
1: otra. Exactly. And you and you yeah. i re- i remembered like you tell me about your lessons from the acting world and yeah. i found that so interesting and you were bringing that into canada already like what you learned from that and and the confidence and how to pitch yourself how to present yourself that all you take all that with you yeah you know so it, i think it's a luxury and a privilege of our time that we can do this exactly our, there, previous generations could not do this we can if I wanted I'm doing this podcast now I can do this exactly. as long as I again find a little job that can keep me going um I can yeah. do it but I chose a life where I'm living in a thir- third world country where <laughs> electricity leaves I have no idea it, you know when there will be a electricity blackout I don't know when there will be water um but I'm choosing this because I'm, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has yes. to find their way. If you need to live at home for a while, then do it as long as it'll take you somewhere. Like, but follow your interests. That's like the best advice. Exactly. I could ever give someone. It'll all lead you to something. Yes. Eventually, yes. there's no rush. You're, you're what, 30 years old? 31, 32.
0: I'm 30. I'm 30. Hey, hey,
1: hey. <laughs> I I'm just sorry. turned 30 in May. You're 30. Yeah, you're 30 and look, yeah, but you have like 10 years of experience doing so many different things. And and same as me, I'm about, I'm 26. And I'm still thinking about going to school. And I, I still think like I'm too old to go back to school. But I would love to be a coach someday. I would love to help people, you know, like, and I also want to be a film director and I also want to write a book. And like, there's so many things I want to do and it can be overwhelming. And you can think, God, like, who do I think I am that I can do so many things?
0: Exactly. But um, But then the answer to that is you are exactly you and no one else. Because the more you spend time thinking about X person outside of you saying, oh, look at them. They're doing that. You're just wasting your time giving your energy to somebody what is it uh where attention goes energy flows where attention goes energy flows so if you're putting that into somebody else great that's good for them but you're not doing anything the thing is just get started period whatever you're into just get started and that will lead you into something else if it's perfect if it's not perfect if it's not the right it's never the right time okay like let's just that's true Nip that one in the That's bud. True. It's never the right time. It will never be. You will never have the certain level of expertise. Just try it. Get started. And, like yeah. you said, the money, like if you're worried about the money, then you're putting that negativity, that fear, you're adding fear into something that, that could grow and flourish. So, if you're adding all those right. negative thoughts into something that could flourish, then what are you, what are you, what? like into those, if you're adding fear and negativity uh, as seeds into a a project that could flourish or an interest that can flourish, then think about what you're adding into that project and how you're starting that project, rather than coming from a, a place of genuine interest and passion and saying, I like this, I want to get started in this. Now, obviously, I'm not saying, okay, get rid of your life right now, your responsibilities, and just focus on that. No, you have your responsibilities within your means, within your situation. Say, okay, what would it take for me to get started with this? Can it be maybe waking up five minutes earlier and like just strumming my guitar for those five minutes and then going out and doing whatever, you know, whatever life has for you, your responsibilities. But even starting minimal, like people think that they have to do these huge leaps in order to get somewhere. No, I mean, I'm sure if you were to, speak to actors and celebrities and who like all of a sudden became famous overnight. They probably did not become famous overnight. They started with little things, but it's that consistency day by day. And really saying, okay, what do I need to take away from my, like what do I need to get rid of in my life to put more of what I want? And like you mentioned, yeah, like maybe sometimes you have to pick up those like jobs that nobody wants to do. And that's something that I learned with acting. Like, you really want something, you learn how to, ha- how to hustle because you know that at the end of the day, that job is just a job where you're learning skills, experience, making money in order to fund or invest in those passions that you want. Exactly. And you go from there. And the more that that, that abundance mindset comes in, the more you're going to start experiencing people, maybe like I said, traveling, and the more confidence is going to start to come in. Because you're saying, okay, I was able to do this with X amount of A, like time, X amount of money, and now I'm here. Wow, can I make that grow? Okay, let's make that bigger. Okay, let's make that bigger. Wow, look how how far I'm coming from what I had before. And it's an adventure. It's the journey. But if you're so focused on saying, okay, no, I want to be, like how you mentioned, playing the guitar. I want to be a famous guitar player. By the time, you know, in like two years, you might get there, but will you miss out on all the other experiences and opportunities and people that come along your path because you were so busy looking at that, that perceived reality? And like you've mentioned, yes, I do believe like we, well, for us, I, I would say like, I I do understand that there's people out there who don't have the resources that we have. Why are we like pushing ourselves down if we do have those resources? As minimal as they can seem, we can still make something out of it. So just the way you show up to those things with that dedication, like if you truly believe in something, show up, be dedicated, be passionate about it because you know that you're taking time from your life your energy, your attention to be there. Right. And
1: Right. I think it's like a decision to believe in yourself every freaking day. Like starting the day mm-hmm. with, I believe in myself. I love myself. And like reminders, because for me, I can forget easily. Um, like things, you get used to it like I, I'm getting used to this workflow of the podcast and I ch- keep reminding myself, Lara, where, w- and, and I'll start feeling, you know, when you get, you get bored, you get bored. <laughs> you're like, you get used to it. You get bored and you stop valuing what you're doing. And like, is there mm-hmm. a point to this? Is this, does this even matter? Will the money ever come? Will I ever get there? And, and you stop all of a sudden it's like a reality check that I have to do every morning to like, wait, you have the privilege, you have a home. That you don't have to pay rent for mm-hmm. um you have everything you have a job that you paid this microphone with um you have people that are that are willing to talk to you for the part like value these things and believe in yourself every day don't worry about the money money will come or don't worry about your success that will come like it's i feel like it's a constant freaking reminder like it at first you can have it And then it's just like love. You got to work at it. And it's it's self-love, really. Mm -hmm. You got to work at it every single... And decide, just like you decide with your partner. I decide to still believe in this relationship and to still be here. Correct. And you decide to keep the sexual desire going. Well, you decide decide to keep your fire, your inner fire going. Exactly. In this creative world. Because this is... I think this is the most difficult world. I, I wish I was... A lawyer and I loved it and I, I didn't have to worry about money I wish I like I worked that way because I think it's a lot easier it has its own problems it has its right. own but still to be in a field that makes money like if I was a, I don't know a financial person mm-hmm. and, or a salesperson and I loved that and I was making a lot of money God I, I on the other hand they those people complain about not having time. Because they're working so hard and like exactly. and then they have their own problems, you know, they make a lot of money, but they're not satisfied, and then they have all. So I don't want to say that this is, oh, we have it tougher than you do, but we do in a way. We're not. Um, you know what I mean? Don't we?
0: I would I would say that I think because we have to keep remind like it, we've made a conscious effort to remind ourselves every day. That that's that. This is what we've picked, and this is what we were choosing. Versus, what's not that it's easier because it's not. Uh, being being somebody who did work in sales and worked with organizations, I've met some people where it's like the, the, their meaning of life has been stripped away. Why? Because, like you said, perhaps they have to provide, and that money is easy easy to, you know to to subdue or keep people comfortable but what is but the trade-off with that is what like you said time uh maybe not being fulfilled at work or who knows maybe there are people who are like i love being an administrative person and this is what i love doing great they've been able to find meaning in their life somehow but they've been able to consciously say i choose to do these things but i think from what it sounds like what you're getting at is Whereas before our work was what defined us, and that was our level of, this is who I am. It is not. Work is one portion of it. Work is, you know, getting that money is, it's like, how do I make this money in order to fund my other interests so I can be a well-rounded person, have those hobbies, Be like you said, I have this job and I know that I have this job because it funds this. And if, for example, yeah. if your podcast comes up and makes money one day or starts making money somehow, it's not like you're in it, you're in it because you're valuing, like that'll, that'll be the, that'll be the response because of the quality of work, time, energy, and motivation that you've been giving it. And these other jobs, perhaps you are getting a part, a part of yourself. But, they're, but if you're coming in with that understanding from the beginning, saying these are jobs, these are jobs where I'm making money to do this, and you're learning stuff there probably, you're learning other skill sets, but you know what your decision is the moment that you either step into that door, to that office, or clock in, or log in, or whatever it is that you're doing. Because you know that job will fund the other stuff that you're interested in and that you're doing or that passion that one passion project that you've been able to you know to really dedicate time to and create a, a, a boring lifestyle with as you mentioned like because it's coming out of love and once you see that like I've seen people who yes they are sales or they are in certain uh, organizations that are you know maybe corporate quote-unquote but they truly love what they're doing and they have it's not that they just have that they're They are very, um, they put a lot of their love also in their relationships in the way they spend their life outside of work. So it's seeing those and understanding, it doesn't just come from one job to say, okay, this is going to be my easy ticket where I can just have a, a, like, I can just coast in my life. No, life is hard. I mean, if you want to get like really deep here, dying is easy. You can just die and that's it. And then you're gone. That's it. You don't have to think about it, but you're dead. Living is much harder to wake up every day and say, wow, I can breathe. I can breathe. Therefore I'm here. I have the choice to, to actually show up in my life. How am I willing to do that? Those questions and seeing something or having that passion to do something. And it's not about saying, will that bring me money? It's what do I need to do in order to make this true and am i willing to put in spend in the time the again the love it's simultaneous you're creating a relationship with that simultaneous with if you're with a person and like you said what am i willing to put into this in order right to make this happen to make it sustainable to whether where a i'm enjoying it i'm actually enjoying the journey and b i will see the rewards and that that'll come as you mentioned that will come but it's being able to consciously say, Wow, my eyes are open, I'm able to breathe, I'm alive. Therefore, I'm alive. I can show up. How do I want how do I choose to show up in this life? Yeah, I'm sure if some people were to see my resume, they're like, wow, this girl's all over the place. Like, I don't know what's going on, blah, 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 blah. blah. Right away, right? Because it doesn't make sense. Like you said, it's so zigzag and this. But in that, we don't, we're not. We're realizing that we don't live in that world anymore where one title defines your whole trajectory to careers. People change careers all the time. It's what did you learn in that experience? What skill sets could you bring from that? Because that makes, a that, at least from my understanding, that makes a well-rounded person to bring into maybe a team, into a project and say, great, wow, you have that skill set. I don't know that. I know I'm good at this. I like what you're doing over there can we collaborate although your skill set might be in and
1: and that a degree won't necessarily give that for you a degree is your um knowledge a degree is knowledge but it's not the skill set exactly so you have to combine those two things um yeah yeah life is hard man um that's why that's why I, I like having these conversations for people to listen to different people and like different perspectives and different life roads because every person is oh <laughs> every i got excited every person is so different yeah and and listening to people's life stories always inspired me and like kept me going cuz i i thought okay i'm not alone in this feeling and anyway so that's why I wanted to talk to you. Do you want to get, do we want to finish with, what was it like living together really quick? Do we have time?
0: Do you still have the photo?
1: Yeah, it might be somewhere.
0: Oh my goodness, I think it's probably my mine got lost, but you have no idea. That photo, I carried it with me like in my, cause you know me, you know how I am. I have my little agenda. Yes, I still, I still organize my stuff and i carried that photo as a reminder because when i did get into those moments i was like i don't know if i could do this What? and then i would just look at the photo and remember dude this if in that time this was considered your lowest point in your life where at what was it 8 p.m i texted you saying hey me and you know my partner at the time so
1: so broke so and
0: so just broke up i have no one Uh, can I stay with you in a and just you know for the Vancouver people out there in a what like less than 700 square foot apartment less (laughs) in Main Street area where it's like
1: on the couch or on a mattress on the floor
0: on the floor mattress on the floor and my stuff was everywhere I was living out of my car with like my appliances and my clothes and they were just stuffed in my car and I remember coming in in the middle of the night and you just were like, yeah, sure. Like come in. And I mean, you, you two made my, I think you two made that transition very, um, smooth. So I want to thank you for that. And very, you brought, you brought a lot of lightness, lightness to what I was going through.
1: Yeah, no, we, we, we enjoyed that a lot. And you also saw us go through some tough times.
0: Yeah. As well, but it shows, I think that's where it shows like having that support system and that that confidence, because I do remember being so sad because I was so I was so focused and just trying to pay my debt and just get get out of there and just work and get out of Vancouver that I didn't yeah. notice how badly I was taking care of myself. Like, I don't think I was really eating breakfast. I don't think I was re- like, I just went through all of all of those great uh, the stages of grief. Right. And you were so sweet being like, Oh, I've made some oatmeal, (laughs) some chia pudding, and I have put it in the (laughs) fridge for you. And you would make like you two went out of your way to really accommodate me in that situation, make me feel like there was warmth. And I felt like I was really supported in a city where I never felt that. And so thank you, because I don't know know what would have happened.
1: I think Latins are like that. That's how we are. Uh, we don't even think about that kind of thing. Like my mom is the same way. Someone needs <laughs> a place to stay or needs help, especially when you're going through an emotional time. Yeah. And um. And I had the same feeling in Vancouver. I was all by myself too. If if it didn't work out with my partner, I was on my own. Like I didn't have a place to go and apartments are tiny. Like people don't, it's so uncomfortable like going into <sighs> someone's space and I couldn't do it. I I, well, yeah, I was sort of in a similar situation when I came back from Asia like where do I go and oh mm. terrible it's such a terrible feeling you feel homeless yeah so, anyway yeah thanks for sharing everything and it was nice catching up you probably have to go now
0: I do <laughs> speaking about jobs yeah, yeah
1: yeah go to your job and um yeah yeah I, I'm so happy that we talked and that we did this oh a nice I hope I'll do a good job editing this
0: you will you will And it will be so exciting. Save me an
1: arepa. I will. (laughs) This is one of my closest friendships. And I am so grateful to have her in my life. I feel so incredibly lucky to be able to have these type of conversations. But I am especially grateful that I am able to share them with you. It's what I live for. Sincerely, your heart picker.